What's up, everybody? It's LG Set here. You're listening to The First Mint, a podcast where I talk about NFTs and the world of Web3. The podcast comes out every Monday morning and occasionally on Wednesdays. If you like this content and you want some more, feel free to visit our Twitter page at The First Mint. So I'm recording these podcasts in advance of pretty much taking some time away, which I've mentioned I would be doing. And so if these podcasts come out during a time where they seem tone deaf or inappropriate, then I'm sorry, I don't think they will. But just so you guys know, these were recorded maybe a week or even two weeks before you're actually listening to it. And I thank you for listening to it. I've been thinking a lot about what the future of our industry looks like, right? Where are we going? Are we just doing PFPs? All these companies that are being funded, what is going to happen to them? What, what, where are we at in a couple months or a couple years? And I wanted to kind of put some thoughts down before I went away, because obviously going away is always a great time to refresh. But before doing that, I kind of wanted to get it out. Think about what I really think is going to happen. And based on my observations and, and listening to the community and seeing everything that's going on in the space and, and all the companies funded again. So what we've done here is made a two-part series about where NFTs, and I guess as a subsequent crypto, will be in about 36 months' time. The show has been split into two different sections. The first one, which you'll listen to today, about the industry in 36 months. And the second one you'll listen to probably a week later will be about the people in NFTs. This is part one. After the last financial crisis, and I don't mean the one in the pandemic that just happened, I mean the one in 2008, I kind of changed careers. I was pretty early in my career. I'd been working a job like working on sets and TV, and I'd taken a desk job as well during, during the economic crisis. I was young, but I'd taken a desk job in TV. But I was always looking for something fresh and new. I didn't really like fit into the stuff I was doing. I wasn't into it. So yeah, I moved away and I started working in social media. And at the time, doing social media for like in any kind of official capacity, and I wasn't like an influencer, I was like a builder or a community person. Doing that was incredibly fringe. And honestly, it was also kind of cringe. Those of us that knew that it was the future, like it was the same people like now it is an NFT. It's like we were so deep into it that we're like, yes, of course, everyone's going to be using social media in the future. And especially for my generation, millennials, old millennials, you know, we'd used it through college. And, you know, about 10 years ago, 10 or 11, 12 years ago, when Instagram, Twitter, YouTube started to pop up beyond like Facebook and MySpace, you know, older people were still kind of making fun of it. Brands didn't really understand it. But like I said, the, those of us on the inside, we knew that that's where the action was and that all of those groups would eventually come around, especially with more variety popping up like other channels. And back then, things would always go wrong. Every brand, especially when you know, we were building their Facebook pages, every brand would just put its foot in its mouth. Like it would just completely backfire trying to use this new medium. They didn't really understand it. And they didn't want to take the time to understand it. And there were all these companies being built, but nobody really knew where it was all going to go, like who was going to win the race, and, and especially not brands. 
I've always liked, and, and back then I didn't really think about it that much, but now in retrospect, it very much applies. I always liked the idea of Murphy's Law when it comes to things online, which is whatever can go wrong will go wrong. Or if you've seen the movie Interstellar, the adaptation of whatever can happen will happen. And, and in social media, that was very true back then. Like just whatever the craziest shit you could think about that a brand would do on its Facebook page or just that social media would come up with. Social media was this movement as well, especially Twitter. It would do it. It would just, it would, that would just happen and it was unbelievable. And now I get that same vibe. We're in crypto. Nobody really understands it. Who's on the outside. But those of us on the inside, we're like, fuck yeah, this is it. And I think in crypto now, it's like, yeah, whatever can happen will happen. Not just scandals, but also builds and ideas. So these are some of the thoughts I've had and projections. This is like, read. I read all those articles of like where NFTs will be in 10 years and all that kind of stuff. So these are kind of some of the ideas I had about where all of that could actually go. It's a list, as I do. I do lists. So in 36 months, I think that we'll have the foundation of a new name for what we call all of this. Come on, let's be honest here. Like NFTs, that sucks. It's a terrible name. Metaverse, all these names, all these things. They're not very good. If you listen to the podcast I did with Jasmine, maybe it's out by now, you'll know that we talked about Google and how simple of a name that was and how Google became how you search things. You just Google things, right? And then eventually you Facebook things. And Jasmine and I liken the current stage of NFTs to the Alta Vista stage. We're like way before there's even actually a product that works and kind of defines part of the industry. But in the next couple of years, we'll definitely see some businesses like that or some products like that. Who knows what, but some, some well-crafted brands that also become kind of the definition of what we do in NFTs. Next projection. The metaverse will fail to do very much. Everything metaverse right now is incredibly prospective. But will we actually be one day spending hours a day in the sandbox? Obviously, a lot of metaverses being built now are going to become the backbone of video games. That's obvious if you pay attention to play to earn. But I don't know if that's all these companies that are trying to build for the metaverse. I don't know if that's what they're actually doing. Like, again, brands and companies being like, we'll have a store in the metaverse. Like, really? Is that really what people are going to do? Are we actually going to spend more time in digital worlds than we do IRL or even that we do right now? Like, how much time do you go and spend in a digital world right now? How many video games do you play or whatever that is? And is it really like meta, Facebook, and all these other kind of ideas being built? Is that what's going to bring us in finally to like the ready player one mode? Like, I'm sorry, I just don't really see that happen, at least at least not in the next couple of years. I don't think that that's a three-year thing. Now, play to earn, that's a fantastic concept. It has legs, it has precedent, but games take so long to build, especially the really good ones, the really quality ones. And all the ones that we invest in now as NFT collectors, well, it's hard to see them materializing at least by the end of this year, if not within a couple of years, at least to their final form. Again, it takes a super freaking long time to build good games, unless the games are basic, which I could see happening. I could see maybe not a big metaverse game taking flight, but definitely like a really simple NFT game. Think about things like Among Us and Dirty Birds in the last 10 years. Those are so simple, and yet they're so fun and so addictive in so many different ways that that's maybe something where somebody could figure out how to tokenize that and make a really fantastic, simple game. Next projection. A billion dollar NFT drop. I think one project alone will be able to generate a billion dollars out of a drop. 
I know that's insane, but really, what, and I honestly, what, what, what even is money these days? Like, who cares? <laughs> what even is a billion dollars anymore? It's nuts to say that, but it's true. When we were kids, we were like, oh, one day maybe I'll be a millionaire. Oh, millionaires are such a big deal. And now, like, a billion dollars is, is almost the same thing. Like, it's not even that cool anymore, right? And think about some of the money that's been raised this year. And I don't mean, you know, VC rounds. I mean, it's literally by NFT projects. When the Bored Apes sold their mutants, they made $100 million in like an hour of ETH. Yeah, but still. Constitution DAO, which I talk about all the time, which was the, the bid to buy part of the Constitution, or the, a copy of the Constitution, raised $45 million in a week. And that was like an anon group. Like nobody had even thought of that before. It's not impossible to think that there'll be a bigger or stronger idea where literally a billion dollars can be raised for a project, a concept, whatever, in just a, in just like a day or a week. Even more so think if ETH goes to like 10K and all these people have stacks of ETH, how easily that could scale because the way this money is counted is not necessarily in USD, it's in ETH often or some other crypto. Now, what kind of project could actually raise that type of money? Well, I don't know, maybe something tied to something IRL or in real life, right? Like an actual land or piece of a country or something. Or maybe the NFTs are sold, you know, to the tune of a billion dollars to crowdfund for some kind of massive mission. I don't know. I'm, I don't think I'll be the one to do it, but somebody could sometime in the next couple of years. Absolutely. Next projection, the market craters. And I mean, like really tanks. I mean, like actual Murphy's Law the worst thing that can happen will happen, like ETH below $1,000. And and don't freak out. It's not going to happen right away. The market's going to fluctuate a lot before that happens. But I think it could absolutely happen. It's happened many times in crypto, and it could 100% happen again. It doesn't matter how much institutional backing or whatever there is. We don't fully understand the market, and it could absolutely go that low. On top of the fact that we're literally maybe in the most uncertain financial time that we've been in ever as a, as a as a world as a as a people instability all over the place so much uh, hesitation aggression so the covid has brought out such insane uh, tendencies in people so the idea of crypto going to hell as much as we need it could easily happen based on more events like are happening in Europe, major uh, regulations from the government, more massive scams or issues. No company in the space is impervious to scams or hacks. It could happen and just take things. Or on the other side, things like ETH and Bitcoin. Bitcoin can go to 100 grand. ETH could go to 5 or 6 or 10. Or both could happen. What I'm saying is that Everything might go to zero, but there's so much adoption now. And, and and crypto, the price of crypto has been so intertwined into what's happening in the rest of the world that at least this time, if it goes to zero, your friends will probably want to talk about it. Next projection. Regular loyalty programs get upgraded to being tokenized. And that's obvious, but I'm saying like the shit that you use all the time, like your gas cards, uh, I'm going on a plane tomorrow, my Air Canada points, like all that kind of shit, optimum points. Now, do I want these to become NFTs? Like, you want to get an NFT when I fill up my gas? Like, no, 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 obviously not. But are those types of loyalty programs, those daily ones where you get points, are they hiring directors of blockchain right now or strategists? Yes, absolutely. Now, obviously, the most 
the the most obvious starting port for for rewards is in sports. We're already there. We're already part of you know Dapper NBA Top Shot, all that kind of stuff. And you know, it might not just be those companies. It could be individual teams starting to 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 give every ticket as an NFT, every single one through the year. Let people accumulate it, right? Like really start to use some of the great things that have been built in crypto to really quantify. Uh, the fandom sounds so cheesy, but to, to to really actually make a really cool loyalty program, right? Like there's some fantastic strategists out there. Great people have come up with fantastic programs for loyalty. And once they get hold of the NFTs, they're going to come up with some really cool shit. And we could also see some of the blue chip NFT brands create more traditional loyalty programs like Board Apes or Doodles. Like what if Board Apes had a credit card? <laughs> That's a weird thing to think about. But if it had a credit card that gave you like Ethereum as rewards, like, would you get that? Probably, right? I love the brand. And I love what it's done. So yeah, of course. Next projection. All NFTs come with physicals. And this has started to happen. And, and uh, I've seen a lot of people talking about the idea of a digital twin, right? Where you buy an NFT and you get the physical of it somehow. And even, I, you know, we had Oliver from Cameo on the podcast recently and they just did a free merch order. Everybody who had Cameo passes got merch for free. I got like three or four pieces or something like that. Merch is just the start. We all, a lot of people have NFT merch. If you don't have NFT merch yet, well, you better get some because that's what everybody has. Most of my wardrobe now. But that's fine. I think that's cool. Like, I think we want merch. We, we want to wear our favorite NFT brands as clothing. And if anything, we want our favorite clothing brands to merge with our NFT brands. Like I, I wear a lot of, listen, I'm a comfortable guy, okay? I like I like fine men's clothes. So I have some like Lululemon and Kittenation's comfy shirt, just cozy shit, man. I work at home. But man, yo, let's do like a freaking, I don't know, who's a brand I love? Like, I, I don't know, like I have a doodle, right? Like, give me some doodles, Lululemon. All right, doodles, maybe a little too colorful. Something something darker. I got some Huxley Saga. Give me some like cool Huxley Saga Lululemon sweats. I don't know, that doesn't make any sense. But you hear what I'm saying? I want like full, I want like my NFT brands to be integrated at every level. And maybe we'll start to see like e-commerce become NFTs. Like what's the last thing you ever, you bought on Amazon? It might be something boring. It might be something kind of exciting, but I could see a reversal like, 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 like an Amazon of NFTs, but that come with a physical item afterwards, like to incentivize people. And it doesn't want to always be merch. Maybe I should be like useful things or, or interesting collectibles. You never knew you thought you needed. Next projection, permissionless brands. And now this is one we could talk about for a long time. And I, obviously I'm obviously quite fascinated with the idea of brand. But have you ever watched like a video of an athlete and their shirt is blurred out? Like even if you go back and you watch like Kevin Durant uh, doing the Top Shot thing, like I think his shirt is blurred out a little bit. There's a logo on it they couldn't show or You know, you ever watch like Game of Thrones when they had the Starbucks cup on the set, you could see it and that was like a big scandal brands right now are so heavily gated, like intellectual property. The idea of logos belonging to companies is so ridiculous. But that's the world we're in, and now it's finally changing. Every day in NFTs, brands combine together for a far more powerful symbiotic approach to who they are and, and to their, their communities and their consumers. Like combining your favorite clothing brand with your favorite NFT brand, like I just said, that's that's the permissionless brand. Now, some, for some of these companies, it's going to take them years to be okay with that. And they'll miss tons of revenue and opportunities while they wait. And that's that's their fate. But some brands, maybe like Adidas, they get it. Or even all those kind of, you know, dead brands, 
magazine brands that came back to life now in NFTs like Rolling Stone, Time Magazine, Playboy. This is the kind of stuff they needed desperately to be able to just kind of loan their brand out, loan their IP out. But the real advantage beyond the permissionless brands, the traditional brands, is the creator brand. Because now creators have all of the tools because all the culture that they would ever need to integrate into their creations has been tokenized. Maybe it's a little hard to kind of wrap your head around. But if you're somebody looking to create culture, brand, whatever, anything on your end, never have you been able to tap into value in so many different ways online. It's never been easier. Like imagine like you don't know shit about art. I don't know anything about art. Maybe you do, but I don't know anything. I walk into a museum and I can't tell you which piece is worth the most. Fuck no. But in NFTs, I don't need that. There's a freaking marketplace of different artists and, the, and, and, and drawings and, and designs and ideas that I can just see which ones people love the most. So as a creator, maybe I'm not a, an artist creator, but I'm a creator of content. I'm a creator of idea and concepts and events. I can immediately save the design part and the vibe. It's all quantified. Design and vibe have been quantified. And on top of that, it's a financial system. It's a financial system that's fun and based on culture. Permissionless brands, the idea of it is all about letting concepts, ideas, and teams of people mix their ideas fluidly in a way ah, I've never seen the way it's going to be done like it's about to be done. The last projection of this, of this half of the special is how NFTs will replace fundraising. And that might sound kind of dull as the final one, but hear me out. Think of how easily people can access capital in crypto. Think of grouping capital together globally and the way that crypto unlocks that, moving funds around so easily. Some companies, and more to come very likely, are going to figure out how to leverage that for a good cause or a great idea or both. It could be in the form of a billion dollar drop or an entirely new brand born overnight. And the difference with this is that it'll be something that's valuable entirely online and agreed upon by all of us. It'll be decentralized access to capital and creativity for all of us as a collective. I don't think, you know, that's, God, I'm, I'm so off now from saying specific, you know, 36-month projections, but I don't think we'll use things like Kickstarter anymore. I think we'll evolve so far beyond that because we can finally pool our resources together online to create something that wasn't there before. And that's, we're gonna be able to do that in a way we never have been. So I guess the end of this first half is that, yeah, there's a lot of great ideas out there, a lot of companies and industry and stuff like that that are really gonna attack this medium. But at the end of the day, and I don't mean this to sound cheesy and that, that we're gonna make it way or anything like that, but I really do think that individuals are the ones who are gonna have the power to combine with other individuals to loan their skills out, the permissionless brand of self. And once you combine that with capital, like, like tokenized capital, I think we'll be doing things together online in three years that even now we can never really think about. And I think that that will be what the industry becomes. Tune in next week for part two. We're gonna dive even deeper into that into people, into collectors. 
that is going to do it for us today, folks. Thank you for listening. As you know, I'm on vacation, and this is a pre-recorded part one of two of where crypto's at in 36 months. So I guess the next one will be up next week, and hope you join us for that as well, where I'm going to talk about people. So we'll see you next time on The First Minute.